Hello, and welcome to this podcast presented by the Southern Alberta Council on Public Affairs. Our presenter, Kathleen Moretti, and uh, I don't know if you want Susan as well, but okay, so... Good. And I, um, I remind you to go to the please go to the microphone, state your name, and keep your comments brief, and ask a question. Um, you can go to the microphone twice if there's time, but please just one question per per approach to the microphone. And again, if you have any written uh, questions, just give them to me, and I can ask them. And please return to your seats once you've asked the question. Kathleen. Hi. My name is Knut Peterson. Thanks very much for coming down, Kathleen. That was wonderful to have you. Thank um, you. My question is related to plastics involved. in Many people put uh, their organics in plastic. Uh, there are several different types of plastic bags. Uh, some of them are actually compostable. Could you explain uh, that sure. c- scenario? Absolutely. Plastic is the biggest contaminant in any organics program. North America-wide, that is the number one contaminant. Okay. So the only plastic, and it's not actually plastic, compostable bags. They're not plastic, but they're compostable. Okay. Compostable is not biodegradable. If something is biodegradable, it just means that at some point in time, it will break down. That time could be 100 years. So don't get confused or, or uh, that biodegradable, it's, it's a completely different thing and it really, it really doesn't mean anything. So it has to be compostable. There is a logo. I think we have it on the, the thing there, but if it says compostable, just assume that it's compostable. One of the things that we did uh, in Airdrie, uh, because, again, this was seen um, by residents, and rightfully so, that uh, you know I'm going to have to buy these compostable bags now. So there's another expense that you're not considering um, when you're adding up what the fees to me are going to be. So the very first thing that I would say is you do not need to use compostable bags. In Airdrie's program, There's lo- I don't. We have a, a bin. It goes in the bin. I don't line it. I don't do anything. I dump it in the bin. I never use bags. Some people, you want to have the bag because you want it to be nice and clean so that you don't uh, you know, make a mess and you don't want to wash out. So they're not necessary. But what we did is we went to all of the retailers in Airdrie. We sent letters out. We visited them. We told them the program was coming. We told them that residents are going to be wanting to buy these bags. And what we intended to do by that is to start a price war. We wanted them to go out because we had 15,000 residents, or sorry, 55,000 residents that were going to want to be potentially buying these bags, and they were going to go wherever they were the cheapest. So it did It did do that, in fact, uh, the, and on Twitter and on Facebook and all that other media, people say, oh, bags are, you know, 99 cents at Superstore, or three for a dollar. So the, the compostable is the only kind of bag that can be used in there, or a paper bag. Old school, I know, but paper bags are fine because paper is compostable. That answers your question. Hi, Bev Mindel Atherstone. Thank you so very much for your talk. <clears throat> when we visited a sole 
South Korea a few years ago, we were surprised and delighted to find that organics uh, were collected in every single house and picked up every single day, and these were fed to the piggies. (laughs) So these were not grass, and this was not cardboard from pizza packages, but it was very specific things that could go into it. So we found that very interesting. Of course, it it works in a society that's based on honor, because if you put something bad in the in for the piggies and the piggies died, you'd have to commit suicide. Oh gosh. <laughs> okay, so my question for you is you talked about um, the removal of six hundred and eighty thousand, in other words, six hundred and eighty thousand savings from going from garbage to organics. Was this saving passed on to the taxpayers? In other words, would the savings from regular garbage to organics be enough to pay for, uh, in other words, would the difference be enough to pay for the pickup so that people, the, the citizens, would actually um, benefit from this? Currently, not. But we, when we hit, I believe it's the $135 disposal rate is when it does. So, and we're going to hit that now sooner than later. Um, and it actually, so I do the budget for waste and recycling, and and any resident could go on and look. And that $680,000 minus $680,000 is actually a line item in the budget that they can see that they are not paying for. Uh, Lethbridge, I believe Lethbridge um, comes to their fees for residents for your waste collection where you take all the costs associated with that and divide it by how many residents pay into it, and that's what the fee is. So absolutely that savings is 100% passed on. It doesn't go into general revenues. It doesn't go anywhere else. It's actually deducted from the program. So is there going to be a, a point at which you, at which people don't have to pay for the organics? Uh, if, if we did, if we separated them out, the answer, the short answer would be yes. The long answer, no, because you always have the collection, the, the cost to collect it. So the the collection cost is always a cost for the, the it to be picked up, but the savings. So the savings that you would make from the organics being collected are deducted from the cost of the waste because you would have had to pay $160, we're paying $55. So the overall difference will come down. If we did separate them, absolutely it would be a no-cost program at, at the point of about $140 per ton. Thank you, Madam Chair. Uh, my name is Joseph Natuk. Uh, fantastic presentation. Thank you. Uh, you have a soft spot for that. I used to work for an organization like the Saskatchewan Environment. We did a lot of recycling, started about 1980, but not organic. But it's a great idea. Now, the question I have, and it's a very, uh, you may not have an answer, but maybe a little slightly technical. It's uh, a lot of people garbage their organics. Yes. Now, obviously, there's going to be added cost to treating the water. Yes. Do you have any idea what that is? And the second question is, uh, do you have, uh, obviously you discussed with the city of Lethbridge, I'm sure you have, and I have to commend the city being here, the administration and the elected representative. This is fantastic because I 100% supported that. Uh, How did you select your pilot residence? Okay. So the question about the wastewater, that's an, actually an excellent question. It is in. It was part of the presentation that I made to council, and I, I, I should have been in this one. I shouldn't have missed that. So 
organic content in your wastewater that do you guys have your own do you do your own water here so in Airdrie we we get our water from Calgary and we ship back our to air to back to Calgary and they look after it but when we send it back to them it has to be at a certain level so we treat it and then we send it back to them and it has to meet certain standards so the cost to Airdrie is in the cost to treat it to make it uh, meet the requirements for it to go back to them Airdrie has a very high concentration of garburetors. And your water, it's the content of organic matter in your water that has to be treated out. So the higher your organic content, the more it costs the city to treat it. It is also um, more, it's harder on your infrastructure. On your um, So like our wastewater guys know which areas have the most garburetors because that's where they have to go because that's where the most problems are. So our organic content is, is a huge factor. You're going to find uh, lots of controversy when you talk about the subject because the people will come in and say, the garburetor guys will say, well, no, that's not. So this is just, this is what I know. This is that it, there is more organic content in your water when you're putting it in. So the preference is for it not to use your garburetor is what we asked residents. But when you look at the... Um, when you look at what can go into the, because residents say I have a garburetor, I don't need the organics program. But when you look at that list, boy, you better not be putting that stuff down your garburetor. So there's a lot of stuff. There is some, I mean, it's just little food waste that goes in your garburetor. But it is, in fact, costing the city money to treat it, and that is a significant cost. And it is cost to your underground infrastructure because of the organic matter content from garburetors. Does that help? Oh, okay. No. Sorry. It, it is a significant cost. Absolutely. Yeah. And also the pilot. The, the pilot? Yeah. How did you select your residents? How did we? Yeah. Uh, based on, uh, I think we had a slide on that. It was the uh, front alley, back alley, mature neighborhoods, um, newer neighborhoods, um, more uh, senior-oriented neighbors to uh, lots of school, like round schools where it would be. So we took a, a, a and um, we needed to have it on different days because we didn't want it to be a really expensive for us. So we needed to make sure it worked with the contractor, so we didn't have to pay extra for it. Yeah. Hi, Kathleen. My name is Pat Greenlee. I'm I'm wondering why, when there's such a prevalence of condos and apartments and hospitals and uh, restaurants that all have organic wastes. Why can't those be included in a, in a waste treatment or in an organics collection program? Good question. Um, it depends on the, the municipality or the city. On So those would be actually governed through bylaws because those are businesses and you're telling businesses how they must or must not do things. Um, in Vancouver, for instance, uh, condos and businesses are required by law to have uh, organics collection in place to have recycling in place. They have to prove it. They get huge fines. So in Vancouver, it's huge. This is something new that's coming out because it's very punitive. Um, the kind of waste that comes out of businesses is completely different than what you collect residentially. And it needs to be treated different residentially and handled. So you can't, you can't consider that all of that waste is the same. So that's actually called ICI waste. And it is something that the city um, does look at and is responsible for, but it isn't the same as, and looked at the same as residential waste. And, and in fact, 
The waste collected Lethbridge-wise, and this is just a guess, probably 80% of your waste is ICI, and only 20% is residential. So it is a huge, huge factor. Hi, uh, my name is Maria Fitzpatrick. Uh, my question is about pet waste. Uh, Lethbridge is a pretty pet-friendly city, and you talked about pet waste. Did you also include, like, cat litter in that? And when will you have an answer about adding that to your organic waste? Okay. Um, Airdrie's... Uh ratio of dogs to humans is really quite staggering. <laughs> and this has been something that we wanted, that residents were really excited that would potential for. Um, the, there's two, two big things with collecting pet waste. So for just the, first, just the pet waste, it's the plastic. It's a very big concern because plastic will kill a program. And I don't know very many people that don't pick up their pet waste using plastic. So we need to do some um, education around that because if we allow it to go in, we know that that's coming with it. Um, we've been investigating trying to find manufacturers that have reasonably priced pet waste bags that are compostable. So we're trying to make that effort as well. And then on the cat litter side, it is around um, when, the, when the bins are dumping, we've got to be mindful that there isn't dust flying around or that the cat, because of how they dump. So again, so how do we make sure that uh, we have enough information to residents to contain their cat litter? What would that look like? You know, paper bags, uh, that kind of stuff. So that's on the collection side. Then on the disposal side, our current um, provider who accepts our waste will allow pet waste and cat litter. But we need to make sure that our secondary provider um, will allow it too because if something happens, anything can happen, and you lose that disposal opportunity and you have to go somewhere else and they don't accept the same things that you're accepting from your other provider, you're in a lot of, well, I'm, I'll be in a lot of trouble. So that, those are the things we're waiting for. And I am hoping that before second quarter, so before April, that we're able to do a, a pilot program for our residents on that, that product being in there. Yes, my name is Mark Gettle, and I do all my composting of organics, but there's one thing I do not put in my composter. I have four huge spruce trees, and the spruce needles and the cones just do not compost. Absolutely. Lethbridge has quite a lot of spruce trees. Uh, is that a problem in Airdrie, or is there a problem composting spruce needles and cones? There is no problem with it at all. We have had, actually, with our waste, interestingly enough, um, our, our acceptor of our organics there has been no concerns that have been of any, like, we're actually thinking that they're just not telling us, but uh, we haven't had any concerns that, uh, that were something that they weren't able to handle yet. So I would say not. Good afternoon. It's John Nightingale speaking. Um, this question is concerning the organic processing facility that I believe you mentioned is about six miles or so outside of Airdrie. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't believe we have a facility such as that here in Lethbridge. And I guess this question is directed as much to, toward the uh, city council members as to what would be the cost for building such a facility to uh, dispose of the organic waste. And the second part of this question, again aimed at the three council members, um, what is going to be the timeline and what exactly is being proposed is it green box? Is it blue box? Um, perhaps the city council members could answer this, please. 
I would like to speak to the first one about the cost of a facility. So my background and my expertise really is in procurement. So when we were looking at processing, uh, anytime we look at any service that the city is going to provide, we look to see should we be doing it ourselves or should we be looking to private business or should we be looking for a partnership and what is the best. So that's the very first thing that you need to, we need to decide. Then once we're there, then we negotiate and go forward. So on the processing side, it is my opinion, my personal opinion, that it would not be uh, effective at all, cost-worthy for any municipality less than the size of Calgary. Um, probably Toronto, maybe, Ottawa, maybe, and they're even faltering there because the amount of organics that you need to process in order to have a viable business for an organics processing facility, even if you took all of the organics that Airdrie and the surrounding area produced, like all of it, businesses, everything, and we had an organics facility sited in Airdrie, that would be less than 5% of the product that we would need, viable product that we would need in order to make turn a profit for the business. So I would need to find 95% more. And so it is a huge business. It, it's a business on its own. And commercial or uh, residential organics is just a piece of what you need for a composting facility. There's all other kinds of things that go in there. And, and you don't just take residential garbage, build a, a, a windrow system or an organics facility and process it. So financially, it would be a huge investment, and you would only be looking after uh, 10 to 20% of your product. Just for your information, uh, there's two, two uh, digesters, uh, one in Lethbridge and one not very far to Lethbridge. They would be able to handle all that uh, organics if it came about? Yeah, I understand there currently are two big private facilities out here. I, I, I yeah. Well, Mayor, Mayor Spearman, yes. would you like uh, to answer? There's a gentleman in the audience from Lethbridge Biogas. They're located on the other side of 43rd Street, and uh, they, could, they could take uh, a significant portion of the waste, and uh, we'd have to work with them to determine if they could take the total waste. So... Uh, in terms of what councils decided, we haven't come to a final conclusion yet. Uh, we're having discussions in what we call finance committee, and we're looking at options and we're asking questions. And uh, it goes from whatever finance committee ultimately recommends goes to city council for final approval. So at this point, there's uh, just a great deal of uh, public engagement, and that's what we want. We want people thinking and talking about the issue. Does that answer your question, sir? Good. Well... Thank you. Hi, thank you for your presentation. I'm Louise, and I'm relatively new to Lethbridge. And I come from a city that's slightly uh, bigger than uh, Lethbridge. It's about 130,000 people. And we've had curbside recycling for years, and we have not only the compost, not only organics, but also uh, the, blue ba the blue box and every second week. And uh, I was shocked when I came here because I thought, wow, I pay so much more taxes here than there for, and we don't even get the curbside recycling. So mm -hmm. maybe it would be worth <laughs> looking into that city, see how they do it because they, they do it really well. And like I said, we pay less taxes for a house that's about the same. Mm. So, <laughs> yeah. so do you I have a question. Well, it was more a command, but it would be <laughs> nice if, like, I, I was really, like I said, I was shocked to see how much taxes we pay here for an amount of service that is way lower than what 
I used, we used to get theirs. <laughs> so I would just suggest that the desire, the desire to reduce, so our, our, our slogan, everything that waste and recycling works towards is to reduce waste and increase diversion. Okay, so that is our mantra. Reduce waste, increase diversion. And uh, we're going to a one-bag limit. And I saw some very large black containers here for your garbage. And I was going, where is the incentive? Where is the incentive if you have this great big garbage to not put garbage in there? So that's, that's where my mind goes. I, and I'm not trying to diss anybody. Or, but that's where my – I live in – I actually live in Calgary. And Calgary gives us this big black uh, – and I was, why do you need to give that to me? And I can put as much stuff as I want on top of it, beside it, and they'll still take it all. And they don't care what goes in there, and they don't, you know. So there has to be a desire to, to divert, reduce how much garbage is going to your landfill, and to increase diversion because it's in the environmental responsible thing to do for our kids. So I have a, actually have a question for you. <laughs> so can you hit $25 a ton for uh, disposal rates for organics? Bring it on. Let's talk. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. How are you bringing it? In totes or in um, trucks? In, uh, trucks. Yeah. yeah. I'll give you my card. Okay. Yeah. Could you give us your card? I am Ed Mulder. <laughs> um, I'm managing the Lethbridge Biogas Plant. And um, organic disposal, we are doing it right now as we speak. And it's for the bigger um, grocers. They choose to go green. They like to do this. And um, on a Monday morning, actually, just a couple weeks ago, we collected 4,400 uh, um, kgs, 4.5 ton, just from grocers. And on Wednesday and Fridays, it's coming again. So, yes, you have the business right here in Lethbridge to accommodate the city for organic disposal. And I'd like to thank you for your presentation. It was very well. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you very much. Uh, there's a number of us here from Environment Lethbridge, uh, which is a uh, 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 volunteer organization concerned about the environment. And I'm Mary Shillington. And uh, you talked about education, and that's one of our goals for Environmental Leftbridge. And what can you say more about how you started the education? Because, you know, the fact that people here are fairly well informed but didn't know about biogas too much. And, and so education happens in various streams. Can you say some more about how you did that even before you did your pilot projects and so on? Okay, um, it, was, it was quite diversified, but really the best communicators of a message seem to be children, especially on environmental issues. So we go into the schools, we go into the classrooms. All, all of our efforts are based on that, making it fun. Um, so our theme for the kids is actually Waste Pirates, and that's because they have the three R's. They think that's really cool. <laughs> and uh, making, it, making it fun for them to do it, having a reward system, making them be the educators so they go. And we were, very, we were very careful about making sure we're not telling them to go around the community and do this, but 
you know, if you go to grandma and grandpa and, and get all the, and their neighbors and you bring these things back and you show, we're going to give you a certificate to say that you're, you're an ambassador for the city and we're going to come back. Make it fun, make it interesting, and continue on. We have a program every year where we have uh, grant money available that's from the city where they propose something that they'd like to do and then we assess them and we give them money to fund their projects for it. Um, so that the kids, and, and so you, we had it where the kids were competing, competing against each other within the school, and then we had schools competing against each other. So the more, the more percentage of students who were involved in the program, the highest percentage, that school also got a, uh, an award. And they don't have to be big. It just has to be something flashy, you know. Um, we didn't spend a lot of money on anything. It was more on making it fun um, and having a theme. And, and then we spent, oh, man, my husband almost disowned me every weekend in Superstore, in Safeway, in wherever, where the Walmart, anywhere is where residents were, set up a table, put a bunch of stuff and just say, would you have any, do you have any questions? What would you like to know? Um, very first thing I would say to them is, I'm not going to sell you anything because most of them, they just want to go. And you got to be respectful of that. So it takes a special person to stand there and, and not be intruding on people's time, but being available so that they know any time that they have a question that you're available. Having staff at City Hall who have the right answers. Having a really robust website, lots of information, lots of opportunities. Um, but they still have to come to you. So that's, that's the hard part. Is that, So you just got to make sure that you're where they are, and that's what we tried to do. Well, that's really good timing. It's 1.30 on the nose. We haven't got anybody else lined up for questions, so I think we'll close the official session. But Kathleen is willing to stay around and uh, talk with you. She's really enthusiastic and knowledgeable, so if you have further questions or want a conversation, please don't hesitate to come up after the session. And we hope to see you next week here or on Tuesday at the university. One more thing. So this has nothing to do with the session, but there's a guest in the audience who was um, chair of Airdrie Family Services for many, many, many years and is very missed. And so I have a special T-shirt for Penny Freeman. <laughs> <laughs>